And then he sent me that um, video of uh, Travis Kelsey. You know I got my swagger back. Welcome to MVP News, where we get real about football. And now to your hosts, Mike Pagano and Paul Helms. What's going on, everybody? This is MVP News. I'm Mike Pagano. I'm here with Paul Helmers. What is up, Paul Helmers? I literally have no idea what's up. I know one thing that's up. Oh, one thing that's up is what? Daryl Bevelstock? <laughs> is that, I, was trying, <laughs> I was trying to think of how to word it because nothing's really up there. Um, oh, no. Something's up. James a, Robinson uh, coach, stock. A head coach position is up. Yeah. So uh, available. If you guys uh, don't have your heads under rocks, uh, you know by now that Urban Meyer was fired uh, late. Um, what was it? Super late. Was it like Wednesday? Four, I mean, midnight. Was it Tuesday night, Wednesday night, something like that? Um, and uh, I just want to say, first off, I I said this was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to happen that quick because uh, you know when news keeps drop, like more news keeps dropping about how awful of a person you are. The organization's hands get tied. Shad Khan, I don't think, wanted to fire midseason. But then next thing you know, the assistant coaches are going to stage a walkout and they're all going to quit after the after the year's over. Um, he is berating his assistant coaches and his players so much that the players leave the room and the assistant coaches want to do a walkout. And then uh, not only that, he kicked his own kicker. You know when you when you punch your wife in an elevator, you can expect to get cut, right? You can't tie the owner's hands. Uh, it, it's similar. It's similar, it, right? When you kick your kicker, you also can expect to get fired. Yeah, it's true. Poor Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is. I will say this: it's been it's been impressive to me to see him like handle the whole situation, where he's just calm, collected, says, "Yeah, we can't be in the news anymore." I feel like. I feel like looking back now that that we know some of the things about Urban Meyer and how things were going, I feel like Trevor Lawrence was trying to tell us, like, yo, this dude sucks. You know what I mean? Like, he came out and said, James Robinson needs to be on the field. He's one of our best players. He needs to be playing. And then they ask Urban, like, so why wasn't James Robinson in the game? He's like, oh, I didn't even realize he wasn't in the game. You should talk to the running backs coach. So it's not your responsibility, Mister Head Coach. Right, exactly. So, uh, and then they were things in college, but that's not how that works here. And and what was it? Uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence said, um, he said, "Yeah, we definitely need to stop being a news story or whatever. We need to stop. It needs to stop being noise." I don't remember exactly what he said. I'm paraphrasing, but essentially saying like, "Yeah, there's a lot of drama going on here, and we got to knock it out. We got to move on from it." And it's almost as if he was saying. Like, hey, Shad Khan, we know the problem here. We know who the source of the drama is. The guy who didn't fly back to Jacksonville with us on a team plane from Cincinnati and went and instead went up to Columbus hanging out at his, uh, at his restaurant and um, finding, girls, little girls. F- finding interesting places to put his hands. Okay, It's the same guy <laughs> who's, uh, who's calling the whole staff a bunch of losers despite multiple members of that staff having Super Bowl rings as assistants and him not having any Super Bowl rings. 
Um, you, I, I don't know. And then the, yeah, the, that, that story about the kicker blew my mind. I was what reading. What you've done in like, college means nothing also in the NFL. Like, it's great in college, but you right. can't come to the NFL and think you're the hot stuff just because you won in college. Oh, Lots like, of people won in college and couldn't do it in the NFL. Nick Saban is, is the greatest college football coach to ever live, and he was a mediocre NFL coach. It's just how, like, and then in the same token, you have guys who, who do well in the NFL who might not do well in college. It's, it's a totally different uh, environment. It's a different atmosphere. College, you have recruiting. Basically, you are the program. So you got recruiting, you got, and then you also have coaching, and then you're coaching coaches, and you're, you know what I mean? And then you're worried about players' grades, and you have, you know, 85 guys on scholarship plus walk-on players compared to NFL has 53 guys on the roster. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and then not only that, but you're dealing with kids. You know, you're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds instead of 22 to 40 something year olds, you know? And you're not dealing with millionaires. Right. You're dealing the, with millionaires in the NFL that don't want to hear your shit. There's like, there are people on your team who make more money than you and definitely don't want to hear it. And when you walk by and kick a grown man, and they, the, the story said that Lombo uh, uh, described it as a 5 out of 10. He kicked him at a 5 out of 10. So it's not like he was trying to hurt him. But at the same time, it wasn't like a nudge with his foot. Like, hey, man, make your kicks. It was a kick and then make your effing kicks. You know, he said, don't ever effing kick me again. And Irvin says back, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the F I want. Okay, now we have an issue. I'm not your child, and you don't control my career or my future anymore. I'm not on scholarship. I make money. <laughs> I get, I'm on contract. I'm an employee here. Right. Just as you. Right. We are, this, <laughs> we are the same. <laughs> you're in charge of you're, creating a game plan. <laughs> your role is a little different than mine, but we are, we are very equal in this sense as being employees to this team. Uh, you can't go kicking, around, kicking your employees. Uh, yeah, I mean... Oh, well, bye-bye. Hopefully the Jaguars get this problem figured out and uh, they move forward with it. Like I said, they I, I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. In the beginning of the season, I was like, man, this guy's a little overhyped and everything. And I know that he's on, a, I mean, he's on the Jaguars. You can't really knock him for not coming out there and being the greatest thing to ever live. But we do know the guy came to the NFL with a lot of expectations. But it's kind of like having one hand tied behind your back when you have a terrible head coach. Um, you know, the Browns kind of suffered in that sense with their quarterbacks issues and stuff because they always had new head coaches yeah. and that hurt the quarterbacks and you don't want that to happen to any a quarterback and a head coach is a tandem. They got to be together. Right. I mean, like the, you know, the, uh, you always see a, a new head coach come in and they'll let go of a quarterback just cause it's like, that's not the guy I drafted. That's not my guy. Right. Now I doubt anybody does that for Trevor. Cause I mean, like that's like Andrew Luck, like, or at least that's what they're saying. He is. You wouldn't come into Andrew Luck and be like, well, this isn't my guy. But then again, they, they, Carson Wentz, he was a number one guy. I mean, not he wasn't number one. Number was two. He? He was t- number two? Yeah, Go- Goff was first to the Rams, and then uh, uh, Wentz was second to the Eagles. Goff's an example as well. Like, yeah, that's not my well, but, guy. That's- but that, but uh, I don't think that's why Goff went, because they, they played with Goff, and they even gave Goff a new contract with a new coach. I think Goff's just yeah, gone Yeah, he because, gave him a chance. But uh, – but at the same time, I, I agree. I don't think anyone's going to say Trevor Lawrence is, is going to go away. But I think that also plays a huge part in the whole problem with the Jaguars is that you hired an offensive-minded head coach 
who then, and I mean, bad decision since he got there, right? With the, he hired the strength and conditioning coach from Iowa who just got fired from Iowa for being racist. And then, uh, and then you have the Tebow debacle and the, yeah. And then apparently that's when he was also kicking the kicker. And then, I mean, anyway, the list goes on, but, uh, you have an offensive coach who, um, gets what is considered a generational talent, right? Everyone's talking about how great Trevor Lawrence, like what the the potential that Trevor Lawrence has is so high and he has regressed throughout the season. Trevor Lawrence has got like, I'm not, not to say that he it's permanent, you know what I mean? But like he's playing worse today or maybe not today, but he was playing worse a week ago or two weeks ago than he was at the beginning of the season. And you can't have that with an offensive coach. So not only were you not producing on the field, you were hurting the progression of your of your young players who's expected to be the face of the franchise, and you're causing a sideshow. Like that's a trifecta. He's probably jealous. He probably wanted to be the main attraction then because they drafted Trevor in Jacksonville. Trevor's probably the main like you know, we don't know much about it because Jacksonville's not a team that gets talked about on a national basis, but every hometown team in the hometown has their coverage. And he probably showed up and didn't like the fact that he wasn't the main attraction. <laughs> self-destructive uh, tendencies right, had to go out there and make himself the main attraction. And I mean, in Columbus, he was Columbus, you know? And when he was in Gainesville, Florida, for the with the Gators, he was Gainesville. And when uh, he was with Utah before that, he was, what is it, Park City? And I mean, it, it, you may have a point, because I mean, Urban Meyer has been the face of every program that he's been at since he like was a hot coaching hire. You know, when he was in Bowling Green, Ohio, he was a big name too. Just I mean, when you win college football games, when you're at the top of college football, it's it, like the players, the players get mentioned, but the players are fleeting because they're only there for a max of four or five years, right? But the coach is there for however long he chooses to be if he's winning. So like Alabama, I, and like, for example, you're not a college guy. Do you know who Alabama's quarterback is? No. No, and he's a freshman, just won the Heisman Trophy. You couldn't even tell me who he is. But you know no, Nick he, Saban coaches at Alabama. Oh, I know Nick Saban, yes. So, and that, I mean, so maybe maybe that's part of it. Maybe, and so to be, to be fair to Urban Meyer, maybe he's just not cut out for the program. Now, I think Urban Meyer is this terrible of a human being all the time. It's just finally coming to light because he's dealing with adult men and also He's uh, not under the uh, under the veil of um, winning football games. And let me tell you, being from Ohio and Columbus, Ohio, they love their Buckeyes, cops, people in the area. They're not going to do that to Urban Meyer while he's coaching the Buckeyes. But now he's not. He's coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Jacksonville you're not even a, you're not even an Ohio guy. Like maybe if he was coaching the Bengals or the Browns. Maybe they'd be they'd give them those passes still, but you're not even coaching an Ohio team anymore. You're done. You're done. You're but in the armpit of the NFL. <laughs> you can't be <laughs> you can't be going out and uh and cheating on your wife and then uh and then also did you see what Urban Meyer's daughter was putting on uh social media? You can't cheat on your wife with only one win. <laughs> right. Two win well two, yeah. Well, at the well, time, at the time, zero. Then? At the time, it was zero. <laughs> oh, it was zero. You definitely can't <laughs> expect any grace if you have zero wins. If you're Bill Belichick, he could probably cheat on his wife seven times and no one know. Uh, but but um, uh, what was I? What was I just about to? The point I was just about to make. I Something irrelevant. You were talking about his daughters. Oh, did you see what his daughter put on? Was putting on social media. 
I do remember you telling me about it. It was something embarrassing and it's, stupid. She was talking about how uh, how all that he's just such a family man. He's such a great person, and all he ever all he cares about is his family. Um, and how oh, here's pictures of us on you know on the stage after he won national championships. That he he never let us. Uh, he always made us come up to the stage when he was getting the trophy because he just couldn't enjoy it without us. Like oh really? So you don't think that maybe he's trying to send that message to the public? That doesn't mean it's true. He can, he can be a liar. And if you think that all he cares about is his family, what's he doing at the chop house? Exactly. It, you, it, when those kind of images come out, you have to admit it. Like, yes, at least say it was a mistake. Don't try and act like he's perfect. Uh, speaking of perfect, though, uh, MVP news is perfect, but also speaking of perfect, <laughs> things are not so perfect in the NFL. Before we actually start talking about this last weekend, I do want to say MVP news is now officially partnering kind of with uh, a friend of ours company, Back Alley Toys, right? If you are a fan of collections and collecting, this isn't for your kids. This is not a kid's toy store. You're not going to go there and get, uh, you know, Legos or whatnot. But if you're looking for vintage things, and I know that some of you listening like, I know that voice. That's the guy that's on their live auctions because I do live auctions with uh, Dave over there. If you mention this, that I'm saying this right now, and you say, I heard the podcast and I heard Mike talking about it, you will get 20% off any purchase that you do there one time now. Don't try and use this multiple times. But we will give you a 20% off discount. And uh, if you were involved in the last couple auctions, there were some really awesome things that sold. Uh, so that 20% could be crucial. In fact, Paul, there was an ALF clock. Remember Alf? I do remember Alf. An Alf clock that went on bid, 30-second bid. Uh, he started it at a dollar to be friendly. Uh, vintage, in the case, 100%. Still works. Uh, alarm clock, and it talks to you. It got bid up to $180. Um, someone got it for, that's a, a steal still, if you really look at those things and how much they're worth nowadays. Um, but it was pretty awesome to be a part of that. So I just wanted to share it up with you guys. If you're here from that, if you came here because you heard us say, come listen, then mention it you'll get 20% off. Now, about this weekend. Hey, gotta pay the bills, you know? Yeah, gotta pay the bills. <laughs> Someone's no, gotta keep you. Mike's lights on, you know? Yeah, gotta keep my elf clock going. You know? <laughs> I wish. No, there was one of the toys he was selling. I was like, man, I want that. It was an old Waterworld toy from the 80s. Because, I mean, Waterworld, man. And it was like one of the guys <laughs> on the jet skis. And I was like, bro, I want that. I want that. And uh, one of the guys bid on it and won it for $10. I was pissed because I would have gave Dave Twelve dollars, but I can't step in on that. That's kind of you can't do that. I mean, yeah, starts. You're, you're helping run the auction. Yeah, but I was like, dude, I want that. If no one buys that, if that gets, if that goes on, if that expires, no bids. I'm buying that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so this weekend, we have to admit something to you guys. We've lied to you. We've lied to you for three seasons now. We have absolutely no idea what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> at least that's what this weekend is telling me. This weekend is telling me I don't know anything. In fact, I'm kind of glad that the Christmas holiday affects our schedule um, because I wouldn't have gotten any of my game picks right. Then again, we probably wanted to pick some of these as interesting games. I mean, would we even have considered looking at the Cardinals game? I doubt it. But <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals fall to the Lions? The what? The who? The huh? Like, I don't even have... I don't even have the words to say about a performance where Kyler Murray, 23 of 41, 23 of 41, a QBR of 7.6 out of 100, 
a passer rating of 72.9 out of 153, I think it is. Um, one touchdown, one interception, two sacks. Like, he got held in check. Um, Colt McCoy had to play a little bit. Six out of nine, uh, 56 yards. He did better than uh, Kyler Murray. It, it was a game of, I mean, the Lions shut down the run. Uh, they really couldn't, I mean, they didn't, they didn't even run that much. They only ran a total of 21 times, inc- including four quarterback scrambles from uh, Kyler Murray and one from Colt McCoy. Christian Kirk had 94 yards. So, I mean, that was their best receiving. Like, the Lions defense just did something in this game, Paul. I think a lot of this has to do with, uh, like, what I've been he- hearing, not from, like, league sources. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm not some, uh, insider. Know, insider. I don't have uh, super deep league sources. But what I've been hearing in, like, you know, my, my everyday radio listens is um, the Lions are, you see some, it's, you remember a couple of years ago, the Dolphins, like they played really hard, but they just weren't good. We've been seeing that this year from the Lions. Remember week one, they mounted that massive comeback on the 49ers. They didn't win the game, but they, I mean, they got it within a score. Um, they they did it I against mean, Green Bay. Right. In, they, a, in, a, in a half. They tie the Steelers. They, they tie the Steelers. Um, they, they almost beat the Ravens. Right. They almost beat the Ravens. They lost on the 66-yarder. They, Which I'm going to say, was close the, football the, gods, the football gods have taken back that 66-yard cheat um, <laughs> and said, oh, you want to you wanna break the rules of football? We got you. And we'll talk about them in a little bit. But, but, but I mean, the, the Lions just play hard. And I think Dan Cam- that's the kind of thing Dan Campbell brings to your team. Um, I don't think he's a strong X's and O's guy. He's more like, and this is not like, I'm not comparing Dan Campbell to John Madden. But that's the style that he is, right? He's a motivator. He's not an X's and O's guy. He just gets you to play hard. And if you get good talent, and the players like him. So if you get guys to play hard and sell out, you've got a good chance to win a lot of games. I mean, you just have to get good players. Which, I, it's not that they don't have any good players, but, I mean, their roster isn't complete yet. Um who the jury's out on Jared Goff if he's going to be the Lions quarterback long term? But you got a good running back. You got some, you know, you got some. There's there's some pieces there. There oh the the Lions offensive line is actually pretty decent. They got so they they're in the process. And if you build a good offensive line, which is something the Lions have never had, you build a good offensive line, you're looking for success. Paul, here's here's my issue with this game. It was twenty seven to six. With four minutes, about well, five minutes left in the fourth quarter, when the Cardinals finally scored a touchdown and missed the two point conversion. But 27 to six, talk about a defensive. Like, I know we're talking about, you know, Jared Goff was out there, obviously, you know, balling and had his, you know, three touchdown performance. But this defense held this Arizona Cardinals offense that had, uh, you know, Kyler Murray. Like, I, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm in shock at this one. This one's one of those ones that I would never have. Like, if you if this game got played ten times and I had to pick it ten times, I'd pick the Cardinals. <laughs> right, yeah. and you'd be wrong at least one of those times. Yeah, uh, if they play it again tomorrow, <laughs> I'm picking the Cardinals again. But you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just it's 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 mind blowing that this is what happened. But this hurts the Cardinals because the Cardinals now are um you know they lose last week, which is you know. Think about it. They were 10-2, and two, clear control of the NFC. 
Right. Um, win and you're in. Right. Last week, if they won, if they won last week, they were the first team to clinch a playoff spot. Yeah. And, and right now, the only team that have clinched a playoff spot is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. They have clinched their division. So they have clinched their uh, a home playoff but, game. But not only did Arizona fall last week, but then they fall this week. So now Tampa Bay, despite a loss, is still on their heels at 10 and 4. Um, the Cowboys catched a win today, caught a win today, and they're 10 and 4. So, I mean, this, this, this Cardinals team is not even looking like the third seed. Remember we said they fell back to the third seed because uh, Tampa had a tiebreaker over them, I believe. Um, but now I have to look at it. I've got it in front of me here in a second. It's loading. Yeah, so I just checked. The Cardinals have now fell to the four seed because the Cowboys have the tiebreakers that, they are, that are necessary over the Buccaneers and the Cardinals, which is really interesting because the Buccaneers beat the Cowboys head-to-head. But they have the Cowboys at at two, and they have the Buccaneers at three. Um, so I thought that was that was supposed to be head to head. I don't know if NFL's playoff uh, standings is wrong, and I have to check uh, ESPN on that. Pause. Looks like he's fact checking me when I look at him. Um, but they have the Cowboys over them. Uh, no, th- this has to be a mistake because it says wins wins tiebreak over Arizona and Tampa Bay based on, oh, you know what? Because it's a three-way tie. A three-way tie. That's Again. why. Again. Because, because Dallas and Arizona haven't played, and I don't think Tampa and Arizona played. You can't do a head-to-head between all three. It has to come down to conference record. Dallas is 8-1 and we, one in the conference. And fun, fun little side note, Paul and I are very well-versed in this right now because we had a very in-depth conversation of a hypothetical earlier. And how the Seahawks aren't exact, making the playoffs. Yeah, there's something like that, but uh, we'll find <laughs> out. Uh, speaking of Seahawks, and, and I think we should have mentioned this earlier, if you guys aren't aware, again, if you're living under a rock, we have some teams that didn't play today because COVID struck. They didn't play Saturday. They didn't play today. Um, and, and we had some teams moved. So we're not just getting Chicago versus Minnesota tomorrow night as originally scheduled. We're also getting the Cleveland Browns facing off against the Las Vegas Raiders tomorrow, Monday, Monday at, at 4 p.m. Central, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern. And then on Tuesday, we're getting two games. We're getting the Seattle Seahawks and the LA Rams and the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles both at the exact same time, 6 Central, 7 Eastern. This is a pain for me because I had plans to go to a Dallas Mavericks game tomorrow night uh, or Tuesday night, tomorrow for you, and uh, I can't watch the game. And I have not missed a Seahawks game in a very, very long time. You know what I'm excited for? For us to have a great game and win and I can't even watch it. I was going to say, if the Seahawks win, you can't watch another game the rest of the year. Oh, I'm not that superstitious. I will not miss that game. I will not miss a game <laughs> after that. If we lose, though, I, at least I would blame myself. I would blame myself. I'd be like, but so if, if they for. win, you're not going to say, oh, see, I'm not, I wasn't there. Obviously, I need to not be there next week. No, I might as well give up my team if that was the case. They just win when I don't. Like, do you love your team so much that you would stop watching them to let them I, win? Ooh, I do. Fun question. I do. Fun question. <laughs> if you had the power to, to allow your team to be the best and they win it all, but you cannot watch them, you can't watch the Super Bowl, you can't watch anything, would you give up the love of watching your team for them to get the trophy? Yes, because you can always watch the day after. You can always record it and watch it the next day. But that's not the same, Paul. Take it from take it from a guy who's watched his team win a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, 
I'm just I'm not trying yeah, to say that to be rude. I, I'll take There's it from a guy who like watches team feeling. lose the Super Bowl too. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing like that one either. That's a feeling you're never See, gonna forget. Would you rather have watched that game or not watch that game? I wouldn't even have watched it probably. <laughs> if I would have <laughs> missed that and then heard how it ended, I probably wouldn't even have watched it. Like I it probably would have took me five to six okay, years to but, actually open but, it up. And conversely, when you hear that the Seahawks won what, forty three to six or whatever it was, forty three to eight. It wouldn't have been as fun because I would have known the outcome. Like, you know, like watching it happen, like coming down to the, and especially in a game, if you win in a close one, like if Seattle would have pulled off that win against the Patriots, watching that after would have been terrible. Like, I want to watch that in the moment where you're like, here we go, here we go, here we go. If I watched that Seahawks Patriots game, knowing the outcome for the first time, I would be like, this is stupid. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You didn't even go to the, to the parade. We wanted to fly to Seattle. Yes. I was in the Marine Corps, man. I drove four and a half hours to Cleveland when the Cavs won the title. I was in the Marine Corps. Me and our and our buddy Matt Anderson went up there and uh, hung out at the Cavs parade. Let's move on. All right, guys, listen. Another game that this one isn't this one isn't really a what the f kind of situation because we are not a hundred percent surprised. We honestly uh, have a lot of faith in this team. However, I will say it was a gut check. Um, and a reminder, because Paul and I both had the Patriots picked in this game, but Saturday the Patriots faced off against the uh, Indianapolis Colts, and it, it, it didn't turn out the way we thought it was going to. I mean, so by the fourth quarter, going into the fourth quarter, it's 20 to nothing. 20 to nothing. Um, and it wasn't even, like, I mean, it wasn't anything you didn't expect. Jonathan Taylor had 170 yards. Like, it's what you expected. Well, However, a big chunk of that did come on one play. But he had a 67 yard right, run, but, but also he still, he still that broke was the 100 play. without that. And that but that also was a play to seal the victory too. It was it was a 20 to 17 in the fourth quarter and he busts that run out and puts him up 27-17 and that's the final score of the game. Um Pro- prior to that though, he did have 100 yards. I mean, but if you take away that long run, the Patriots did a good job keeping him in check somewhat because he even, I mean, he had 29 rushes. You take away that 67-yard run, and it's instead of a 5.9 average, it's like a, what, like a 5 or a 4.8. Like, I, I know that's not really in check, but for Justin, for, uh, I don't know why I said Justin, Jonathan Taylor, that's kind of in check, kind of in check, right? Yeah, I mean, and they play good, and, and to, to have that kind of a game against the Patriots defense, so, and, and to win that way is, I mean, how can Jonathan Taylor not be... I think it's got to be more than a mention, right? If you ask me, I don't know. If you, like Colts make the playoffs, who's more valuable, Jonathan Taylor? I mean, I well, I guess that's not really a good way to say that. Jonathan Taylor, Tom Brady, or Aaron Rodgers? Those two are technically still more valuable than Jonathan Taylor. But I mean, he's leading his team. He's the he's the guy. I'll tell you where the biggest problem was. The biggest problem was the fact that, okay, let me say it this way. Not only did the Colts outdo the Patriots in what the, in what the Patriots did the week prior, because remember the week prior, Mac Jones only threw it three times. Carson Wentz only threw it 12, but he only completed five. Like Carson Wentz was irrelevant in this game. So they did the same thing. But what happens is the Colts get out to a 14-point lead quick, fast. They score a touchdown, direct snap to Taylor, and then they get the defensive touchdown. Um, and then the, the, the Patriots are forced to then throw the ball heavily and abandon their run philosophy. And Mac Jones, 26 of 45, 
that is not a great that is that is not a good game. Uh, fifty three quarterback rating is what he had. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, you forced the Patriots to go one dimensional passing, and that's just not what they are. They're a run heavy team, and Mac can do what's necessary when necessary. I gotta give my uh, I gotta give props to to the Colts, and I think they made a very clear case yesterday that they are a legit team in the in the AFC. They're now in the playoffs. They bumped up because uh, the good old Titans, uh, you know, they're suffering. Even though Titans still in in the lead of that division, um, they're only one game back from the Titans. But the Titans have a season sweep. That is true. That is true. So they're it's technically two games back from the division lead. Yes, but the Colts are now officially in the playoffs, and that's really all that matters. True. Now, there's another game that you missed. The, I mean, that we you haven't didn't, hit them all, so. The, I mean, we, I know we, we started with the Cardinals. We wanted to lead with that because they lost the Lions, and uh, that's insane. And I know you went to Saturday because that's also kind of insane, but I'll tell you what else is insane. Thursday oh, night, right. the uh, L.A. Chargers give up the lead oh and lose gosh. to the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs, it's not that they played bad, but they didn't really play good either. And then you hit Kelsey over the middle, and he has three guys surrounding him, and yet somehow he evades all of them, not by, like, busting through them. He somehow runs around all of them and scores a touchdown. What? That game's 100% the Chargers losing that game. And, and then, yeah, you have to pick on the goal line? Like, you had so many chances to put the game away, and they just couldn't yeah, do it. the Chargers gave up the ball twice within the five-yard line of the goal line. On a fumble, and was the other one an exception? You said I forget. Um, I know the I know the Chargers had a pick on the goal line where uh, um, I don't remember who it was. And most who someone whoever it was uh, uh, jumped up, tipped the ball at the line of scrimmage, and then caught it on its way down. Yeah, and then the, they ran the ball, and the uh, it was uh, ju- it wasn't Eckler. It was uh, I always mess up as uh, Justin, the other one. This their backup. Oh, back, Jackson trying right. to do a goal line run, Jackson. Uh, and they fumbled it. So literally, they gave up not only two touchdowns, but two field goals. Anything that could have kept this game out of a two-point game, the Chiefs stayed in it at, at a two-point game the entire game until the very end. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I mean, and, and not to mention, in it. Uh, uh, there was the one that they um, that the drop, or, or it, it, like you were saying, it was the drop pass in the back where the guy got injured. He he uh, bumped the back of his head on the ground, and and his whole body seized up on him. Right. Um, that, that one, I was, I was saying the whole time I said, kick the field goal. Why did they go for it on fourth down? Take your, take your points. And I was being argued with saying, well, but you got to think the the reward you're, you're, uh, you're risking three to get seven. And I said, right. But what you're risking is coming away on your first drive with nothing compared to coming away on your first drive with something. That's the problem. Yeah, it's always and, good to put points on the board in the beginning. Like and, you want to get points on on the board immediately, right? And that and that's what I was saying too. I was saying I was saying like it's your very first drive, right? You don't know what the what the what the other side of the ball is going to look like. You have no idea, right? So you have to play it thinking that the other side of the ball might get ran over. Like it could happen. Kick your field goal, take your points, move on. And then when they did it twice. I said, there they go again. They're doing it again. And they once again didn't score. And I was like, if this game, You're giving them if too many this game comes down 
to less than or, or or you know if they lose by this many points or whatever then this is why they lost and it turns out that they tie the game at the end and go to overtime which they wouldn't have had to do if they took their points and everything's different you know and and you give up the you give up the win to the chiefs they they had, a, they had the opportunity to be 9 and 5 tied with the chiefs with the season sweep cuz don't forget they they beat the chiefs earlier this year They'd have the season sweep. They'd be in the lead of the NFC, or the, excuse me, the AFC West. Instead, here they are, eight and six, hoping for a uh, hoping for a wild card spot. And honestly, that's exactly what the Chargers have been this season. Um, very inconsistent as far as when they come out to play really well. Like they had this game in the bag. Their defense was playing incredibly in the beginning, keeping this Chiefs team at bay as they controlled this lead um, for a majority of the game. I mean, the first quarter, like Paul said, they, they, they blew a chance to score. Chiefs are up 7 nothing. But then in the second quarter, it's 14-10. to, uh, to 10. The next quarter, they keep it. They keep ahead of them this whole time. Their defense does what needs to be done, and they just their offense just can't finish the game. They couldn't close the game out, and, and they suffered for it. And now, the, the, dude, the Chiefs are on a seven-game win streak. Oh, they probably are like, oh, y'all was talking trash about us earlier this season. Okay, okay. They went from three and four to set uh, to ten and four. Now, let, one one other one other small piece of this whole thing, right? Um, let's say tomorrow night the Browns beat the Raiders, right? That puts the Browns in control of the AFC North, so they would they would bump to the four seed, right? Guess what? The Charger. Oh no, I'm sorry. The Chargers would be in. No, no, no. Chargers beat y'all. It doesn't matter because the Browns would be the Browns are the division winner. The Chargers. It, it doesn't matter. Oh yeah. I yeah, think you're this either winner, yeah. this either knocks the Chargers out or puts them at the seventh seed because then it becomes a three or four way. It becomes a four way tie. Excuse me, a five way tie with the Colts, Chargers, Bills, uh, Ravens, and Bengals. Bang, uh, and then you have to figure out what the tiebreaker is between those. But the Bengals have more, uh, have a better conference record, so they would be ahead of the Chargers, despite the Chargers beating them. But it goes in order. You know what I mean? Yeah, th- like we mentioned it in the last episode, this playoff race in the AFC is going to be very frisky. And uh, I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, again, the Dolphins win another game, so now they're on a six-game win streak at seven and seven. They're on the heels of Buffalo. Heck, they're on the heels of of Cleveland and Baltimore. Um, they're on the heels of the Colts, like, and they're on the heels of the Chargers. Like this, this, this Dolphins team should not be slept on at all at seven and seven on a six game win streak. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be frisky. You know, we earlier though I mentioned um that Ravens team, and since you brought up the AFC North, uh, the Ravens got a very lucky win against the Lions because they have the greatest field goal kicker of all time in NFL history on their team. Since then, I wonder if it's been since then. No, they played their their last win was against the Browns, but still, since then, um, they yeah, are since then they also lost. The, since then, they also lost to the Browns. Let's, let's yeah, be well, no, fair. No, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying it, 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 it ain't like they had the Detroit kick and then they've lost since. But I believe that the 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 the, the NFL gods, the football gods, have come in and said, no, 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 we're gonna take that back from you. Uh, first, they lose to the Steelers. In an overtime matchup, not overtime. I'm sorry, 
They could have went to overtime, but they choose to go for two. Then they lose to the Browns. And then against the Packers today, same exact situation, exact situation as the Pittsburgh Steelers game. And you would think when you've done something before, it gives you something to look at and say, okay, here's what we did. This is what happened. Um, But instead, they said, hey, we failed last time. So, you know, 50-50 shot here. We've already lost. This is going to be the time we do it, right? Is that is that what went through their head, you think, Paul? I don't know. if I, Maybe that's... See, th- this this whole decision-making process is interesting to me because we, we... And we talked about this earlier, but we... When you look at it, if you're looking at between the two of them, you think that the one against the Steelers is probably the the lesser... Or, or, or the one of the two that you shouldn't have done. You should have gone to overtime and beat the Steelers because you only gave up 20 points. And your offense is good enough. You you trust Lamar Jackson in that kind of situation, right? And then you conversely, you look at this game where you don't have Lamar Jackson. You have Tyler Huntley, and uh, you're going in against the Packers, who are one of the league's best teams. And you're looking to steal a win, and you get the late touchdown to potentially tie the game. And you're thinking, go for two here. Let's win the game. If we if we can score here, we end it. And it's important because you go to overtime, you, you never know what could happen, right? But uh, conversely, you have Lamar Jackson in the other game. You go to overtime, you think maybe you'd win. But then you have to think about it, too. You'd think, well, you already did this before. You really want to do this again? And you failed with Lamar Jackson. But I, I, Right. <coughs> I would say that you could use that same argument, though, with the fact that, well, if you go to overtime against this Packers team, you've also already put up 30 on them. So it's not like you can't uh, score uh, on them, so but, who gets the ball first? But everything reverts to the mean at some point, right? Like like everything, people wake up and remember who they are. Tyler Huntley wakes up and remember he's, remembers he's a back quarterback. Tyler Huntley had four touchdowns today. No, no, no. Two I, rushing look, and two passing. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying he didn't have a great game, but Tyler Huntley wakes up in overtime and realizes he's a backup quarterback. Aaron Rodgers wakes up in overtime and says, what am I doing? And then he flicks one to the end zone. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. this I isn't... truly believe with this game, it might have been who got the ball first, though. Hey, I mean, and like, it could have been, but I'm saying you and instead of sometimes coaches would rather instead of going to a, the fate of the coin, control their own destiny. I just think, but the, but I mean, what what I what I end up getting to is that you have to look at this game in a vacuum. You have to completely forget about the fact that you did this with Lamar against the Steelers and you didn't get it. You have to completely forget about that. And you have to look at your situation right now as you are. And you have to think, at least in my head, I think we're about to steal a win. We got a backup quarterback. We had no business being in this game, but we are in this game. And now's our chance. Let's take it home. And you don't, I mean, you don't get it. And some, sometimes you don't get it. But it is interesting when you've done this twice now this season. I mean, is it a problem? I mean, it is a problem, but is it a. Is it a like long term problem? Is it something we're looking at as like I don't know. I I think sometimes people play the analytics a little too much personally. A little bit too much personally. I agree with you. <laughs> I, I will I will stand by you on that. Uh but then um on another team though in the AFC North, the Steelers, so the Ravens lose, but the Steelers win a game against the Tennessee Titans, who start off hot. Like, they've been hot, and then lately, they have, I don't know if I want to say crumble, 
They're, I mean, they won last week. They lost this week. But, like, things have just been a little shaky for the Titans. But um, talk about a, a snooze fest of a game. 19-13. to 13, um, I don't even know how many field goal kicks. I mean, I know the Steelers had, like, four or five. I think the, let me see. Yeah, two field goals on the Titans side and four on the Steelers side. So six field goals altogether. A very field goal friendly game here. Uh, it was just like no offenses, no offensive ability. I mean, Roethlisberger, 148 yards. Tannehill, 153 yards. Uh, very rough game. But what's crazy is that the Steelers win when they throw for 148 and they only rush for 35. But the Titans <laughs> rush for 108, and actually they rush for 201 altogether. Foreman goes for 108, and then Ryan Tannehill has an equal game to Big Ben. So it's like, well, what happened here? And really, it's just a it's just a tale of the fact that both your offenses sucked, <laughs> like uh, horrible. Yeah, I, I I just I don't know how you can really say anything other than just both suck. Like that's it, really. And this is a perfect time for us to see the Steelers finally have a losing season. It's time. You think they're going to finish with a losing season? No, no, no. I'm saying it's time that we see that, and the Titans can't do their job. And now we're looking at 7-6-1 and one Steelers instead of 6-7-1 oh. Steelers, who would then be, you know, two wins or two losses away from, I guess they're still, you know, three, they're just three losses away from a, from a losing season. But they got to play the Browns. I think they got to play the Bengals again. Uh, what, well, there's they, two losses right there. Do they finish their season against all AFC North? No, sorry. They play the Chiefs this week. Eesh. Then they play the Browns, and they play the Ravens. Chiefs, Browns, Ravens. Okay, so it's very possible for them to lose three times. Did they take the, they took the sweep to the Bengals? Could they, no, the Bengals blew them out, remember? Twice. Yeah. Twice they blew him out. Bengals beat him 41 to 10. Oh, you said you did. They get swept. Yeah. You, they, you said take the sweep to them. Oh, so yeah. Like, sorry. No, they they took us like they like they got swept. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bengals com- demolished took them. Took two L's. But yeah, the which is great. Oh, that's great. I got no, see, I got no hate for the Bengals. I, I don't, I'm not a Bengals fan, but I don't have any hatred toward the Bengals. And I love to see the Bengals. Whoop the Steelers twice in one season. And, yeah, they beat the crap out of them. And that's a great rivalry. We've seen some great games in the past of the Steelers and, and uh, uh, Bengals. So, I mean, yeah, it is good to see those two teams battle anyway. Um, and there's one more disappointment from this weekend that just ended recently. And it ended with Tom Brady smashing a tablet. <laughs> On the sideline, being Tom when he's angry. How many times... So... What do I want to say? Four times in the last two years, if, if your question is how, how many times are the Saints going to beat the Buccaneers? How can the Bucs, well, the, the Bucs to beat them in the playoffs, though? Okay, I meant regular season, my bad. Yeah, you're right. But uh, four but, times regular season. But, I mean, Tom lost a fumble. He threw the pick late in the game, which sealed the win for the, for the Saints. Um, I just... Uh, I, how is it the Saints? How are they the kryptonite? He goes in to play the Saints, and he just falls apart. And I know, like, th- tonight we had some issues, right? Mike Evans leaves the game in the first half, never comes back. 
Chris Godwin leaves the game in the first half, never comes back. Leonard Fournette leaves the game in the first half, never comes back. So where... Oh, no, is it... Um, Are they hunting again? Is the Saints back to their old ways? Well, I don't... I don't think that's true. I mean, <laughs> let me Taysom stop Hill. before I start a rumor. Taysom Hill didn't have a great game, and uh, they didn't run the ball well. And uh, you know, I don't know. Somehow, Marcos Callaway had 112 yards. There's the shining spot of their team. Oh um, no, this was this was not a pretty game from either team. But the fact is, you're the Buccaneers. You're the reigning Super Bowl team. This is the Saints that are missing a quarterback. Two quarterbacks. that are missing. Yeah, missing two quarterbacks. Um, they're missing their uh, wide receivers. They have Alvin Kamara, but he gets 18 yards on 11 carries, averaging 1.6 per carry. And then normally you'd say, well, in the passing game, Alvin Kamara is a monster. Yeah, you normally are right, but he had two receptions for 13 yards. Like, Alvin Kamara was literally non-existent. Uh, Marquez Callaway was their leading receiver with 112 yards, which is literally 90% of the th- passing yards that Taysom Hill had at 154. It was a, sl- a snooze fest, like I said, One, uh, for the Titans game. This was nine to nothing. And le- and let's not, I mean, let's not leave it go. The, the Tampa Bay defense did their job. If you give up, if you can, if you can hold another team to nine points, you should win that game every time. Every time, nine points is nothing. You should yeah, win. Yeah, that that's game. why Tom was so angry. Yeah, and he should be. He should be angry. But now I don't think this really means too much long term for Tampa Bay. I think they still turn it around. And they still do their, you know, they're still going to go to the playoffs. Uh, if they play the Saints in the playoffs, I expect them to beat the Saints in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I mean, it's a, it's a weird week. It's a weird week. I mean, it's weird look, about this game though. Dolphins, Tom Brady got sacked four times for thirty yards. That's weird for Tom Brady. It is four sacks is weird. Um, Cam Jordan with two of them. But but and this this week, I mean, it, it just goes back to this week, and you look at. The Dolphins, close game with the Jets. They did pull out the win. They almost lost to the Jets. Um, Texans got a win. Now, it was against the Jaguars, but still, Texans got a win. Jaguars are now in line to get the first round for the first overall draft pick once again. Um, and we're looking for new co- I want See, I wonder if they... If I'm the Jaguars, I tank it on purpose now. Now that I'm in line for it, like, screw it. You know I wonder... I mean? like, why not? I'm w- just wondering if they hold on to Trent Baalke as a general manager, um, if they if they name one of the assistants on the staff right now as the new head coach, um, or if not, who do they go for? Do do you think Shad Khan is like, oh, I gotta stay away from college ball. I can't hire Dude, I don't know what Shad Khan does anymore. That man is weird and he does just anything he wants to do. Like he's a very he tries a lot of things. Who knows what he's gonna do? But I mean another game the Bengals Broncos game was not good. Here's maybe Hard what Shotcon needs to do. I know that we left that topic for a second, but maybe stop chasing guys that have already won and find that young guy that's hungry. Because look at the last couple head coaches. He's always going for someone that just got a ring or something, right? He went with what, Gus Bradley coming off the Seahawks Super Bowl. He went with he went with Bevel too, didn't he? No, he went with um uh Doug Marone. Doug Marone. After success. Doug Marone had, uh, uh, did he bring the Bills to the playoffs? Is that what happened? I think. I know he was successful. He and obviously then, went with Urban um, because of Urban's success. Like he, he, why not try the guy like a uh, like a uh, like a uh, what's uh, I'm losing my my mind here with the Rams. Um, John McVay. McVay. McVay wasn't like some. I mean, he was a successful guy of what he was doing, but he didn't. He wasn't leading teams anywhere. Uh, you know, heck, 
We just talked about it up in in Detroit. Why not get that hard? You know that 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 leader, that natural guy that's not coming in there with uh, a resume that thinks he's bigger than the team itself. Because I think that that could probably be in the back of the head when you're used to winning and you go to a team like that. Like you have to, you can't bring in someone with too much pedigree. I feel like for them really bad teams because they probably get frustrated quickly. Like because they're used to a certain level of discipline. And whatever, like if you look at teams like look at the Browns and the Cardinals, teams that were bad over the last decade that that are winning now. Who the, who the, who's Stefanski? Right, he spent he spent multiple years in in the Minnesota organization without ever really um, rising the ranks until the very end. It, he went uh, he went from kind of a, a lower level guy, but he lasted through um, through different coaching regimes. And then finally at the end when John DeFilippo was trying to make his case to be a head coach and he's throwing the ball all over the place, they say, no, you're out of here, DeFilippo. I want Stefanski, and Stefanski's going to throw the uh, – he's, he's going he's gonna to pound the rock. He's going he's gonna to get Dalvin Cook moving. He's going to let Dalvin Cook. I hate you. But, no, that's uh-huh. my point is I'm wondering maybe he needs to stop going for these – these big name guys in off season because there's always those big name head coaches and go get someone that can bring something to the team that fire that motivation. Don't worry about the pedigree. Worry about that. You need to you need to create something new and and I think it's best to get the new guy. Let a new guy create his own thing there um, instead of trying to bring some because a lot of the guys that have won somewhere try and bring what they what they did prior to it and we saw that. I mean, we've seen that many times, but maybe maybe even Urban Meyer tried to bring that college thing to it, and they were just like, that's not going to work. So not to get back onto the Urban Meyer train, but yeah, maybe that's what they need to do. But hey, I digress. Uh, Bengals-Broncos, another, another, another weird game, just slow, slow-paced, 15-10 to 10 final score. Um, the scary part, Teddy Bridgewater did take a, take a big hit, and uh, he has been taken to the hospital to um to double check on uh brain injury and uh, we don't want that um we don't want I don't want anybody to get hurt that's that's horrible uh especially uh head injuries that's that's uh that's scary but um i mean when you look at these like stat breakdowns is it like burrow 15 to 22 157 not great one touchdown to Tyler Boyd um, Joe Mixon didn't have a great day, but on the other end, Teddy Bridgewater, 12 of 22, didn't have a great day. Javante Williams, um, I mean, not outstanding. Uh, and then the, the leading receiver for the Broncos, going to be honest, don't even know how to say his name. It's the Broncos. You're, you're, you're forgiven in that sense. I'm yeah. sorry, Broncos but, fans. <laughs> well, well, but uh, I mean, it, it, with the Broncos receiving core, you have Jerry Judy gets four targets, doesn't get a single catch. You have um Cortland Sutton seven targets only gets two catches I I don't even know I mean is a is a Bengals defense just that uh lockdown these days I don't know and so I mean I guess you uh you get Drew Locke in the game and he does throw that he does throw a touchdown but it's late and um Drew Locke oh my goodness that's so, how you know it's a bad weekend. So football. I don't know, but but what like this the real story from this game? Number one, Bengals win; it puts them on top of the AFC North, pending the Browns game. Um, outside of that, though, what do the Broncos do? 
Uh, the Broncos are in a weird position. Well, we know Teddy Bridgewater's not going to be the guy anymore. We know it's not Drew Locke, or, or Teddy Bridgewater wouldn't have, been a, wouldn't have been the starter this year. So is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it Russell Wilson? Is it uh, Rookie? Shut, shut your it, mouth. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, is it a, I is mean, it a rookie? I mean, the offseason's going to be fun, that's for sure. We'll definitely see what they're going to do, but who knows? Because, I mean, the Broncos have a uh, they have a roster that's that's – I mean, it's not like top of the league or anything, but they have a good roster. You get the right guy in there at quarterback, you could have a. Uh, a They're whole seven and seven look. with a mediocre quarterback, right? With a, exactly, with a place filler. A guy, I mean, a guy who just plays safe, who do, who doesn't turn the ball over. So think about what they could be if they had a guy. Yeah, it definitely is a good question. If Aaron Rodgers did go there, that'd be a scary situation, just like when. Peyton showed up there, but I guess that's going to be something we're going to watch closely in the offseason. Um, hey, how about the last one I want to really mention is the Cowboys went ahead and solidified their season, I think, by hitting that 10-win mark. I think that's really important. It, it looks different. When you have 10 wins, it looks different. Let's just be honest. In the NFL, that's like the number that, we, and maybe that'll change now that we're up to 18 games or whatever, but it's always been 10 wins is like you're, you're, you're happy with that season. Nine wins, yeah, you're not, it's not a losing record, but like nine wins. Like, really? Like, nine wins has never been a ooh-ah thing. But ten, okay, we got ten. Like, if you finish at ten wins, that's a good season. Well, and but it, is still four games to go. But is ten the new nine? That's, that's, that's why I said we don't know yet on that. I guess we'll see when the season ends and how teams finish. Although this season, we've, we're seeing a lot of teams lose a lot of games, even though they're winning a lot of games. Like, uh, I mean, outside of a couple teams that have, like, four or three losses, but even that, like, Usually, we would see teams finishing the seasons with 14-2 and two records or 15-1 and one records. We're not seeing stuff like that right now. We're seeing teams that fall uh, occasionally throughout the season. It's a long season. Um, COVID is making things crazy. Um, maybe, maybe 10 wins is still an achievement, you know? Uh, but hey, I guess we'll, we'll find out. Here's the fun part. The Cowboys could, could potentially clinch their, I think... I think they could clinch the division just based off the Washington uh, and Philadelphia game on Tuesday. I don't know. They might. If, if Eagles win, um, that would, keep, that would well, keep them both at seven wins. And then they're, well, no, because they're three games ahead and there's four games left. And if Washington beats them, that would be a split. But, well, I mean, come there's on. four games left for them, but Washington, they've already beat Washington. Did they already beat Philly? Because they play Philly. They did already beat Philly. So they've already beat both of them once, but, but that, they, they, but right. So they beat each of them once, but then it comes down to what does the tiebreaker come down to after that? It comes down to division record. So who's got the, who's got the division record wins? I, I would assume that since the Cowboys are eight and one in conference and they've only lost to Tampa in conference, then that tells me that they have so far a season sweep. Yeah. Over the but division. T- the only way this will come down is if they lose their next four games, which are mainly NFC the next, East opponents. Next three games. Next so. three games, and it's Washington. <laughs> next uh, three games. It's, it's Washington, and then it's Arizona, and then it's Philly. So, but I'm, what I'm saying is even, I mean, even then, they'll, they still come out on top of the division, right? They're not losing those next three, though, so let's so be honest. <laughs> I think, well, I think, they can, I think they can clinch the division if... Philly wins, possibly. I'll say if, this though: if Philly you, wins, Philly would be one and two in division. 
Well, but if Washington wins, then Washington would be two and one a division, and technically Washington could still move up. I don't know. All I know is you mentioned that uh, Dallas still has to play Arizona, and with how Arizona has looked for two weeks in a row now, I think I currently, if I had him put my money on something, it would be on this Dallas team over at Arizona. But I guess we'll wait one week to find out. Well, two two weeks because because after this, uh, Washington and Philly play on Tuesday, and then on Sunday Washington has to play Dallas. And, and I mean, Dallas wins and they're in. And who knows what they do if if Dallas gets well being ten and, uh, no, you're, being ten you're, and four you're and having the three way tie or the whatever the yeah the three way tie. You're definitely trying to play to to get that one seed. So yeah, you um, want that bye week. So we'll see what happens for sure. If not, you it, it, the two seed might not have a bye week anymore, but it still guarantees certain home field you know advantages throughout the playoffs unless you play the one seed. So I think the two seed's still pretty crucial. So we'll see how that goes. But the, guys, that. Let's just hope that, you know what, the holiday season, maybe messing with the players, COVID messing with the players and the mind games and all that. Let's hope this weekend's a fluke because this weekend's been a little weird. But it did make one thing interesting. The, the future is, is, is more mystery now as far as the playoffs go. Who knows what teams are going to do what? Will the Patriots bounce back? Will the Colts continue their hot streak? Will these teams do what we expect them to do? Or will they do what we don't expect them to do? It's as simple as that. But we're going to let you guys go now. Because you've been with us all night, and we appreciate that. But make sure you're back later this week for our midweek episode. We're going to do our power rankings, which right now power rankings is basically like playoff teams and who we think are the best playoff teams going into the playoffs. That's basically where we're at right now. It will not be a non-playoff team in the power rankings. That's impossible. Um, So power rankings, game picks, all the fun stuff. Make sure you guys are back uh, Wednesday. I think that's when it's going to be. We'll see. Uh, But be back this week for the new episode. Make sure you guys mention us to Back Alley Toys if you're looking to get some vintage stuff, some collectible stuff, or if you just want to go play with an old toy that you really wish you could, them old WWE figures that you used to play with back in the day <laughs> that always got their heads melted or, or marker on it or something. Um, Street Sharks. Remember Street Sharks? How about, does he have any Stretch Armstrongs? Yes, dude. Anything vintage he has. That's why I asked you if you remember Street Sharks. He's got a bunch of Street Sharks. Well, no, he sold a bunch of Street Sharks, so they're gone now, but he'll be getting more. But no, yeah, it's super fun. Make sure you guys check it out. Um, and then, yeah, follow us on Instagram. Follow us everywhere you listen. Subscribe. Smash the like button. In the words of Paul. Smash the like button. I'm going to make that a soundbite. I'm going to make that a soundbite. <laughs> Mike, in the editing room, make that a soundbite. All right, guys, we will catch you later. This is MVP News. I'm Mike Pagano. That's Paul Helmers, and we're out of here. Yes.